Welcome to Indie Beauty Radio with your host, Rachel Whitaker, founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to this week's episode of Indie Beauty TV. This is episode 34 so far this year. Um, and I'm glad to say it's not a solo episode. I am joined today, as you can see, by Nancy from Align Design. Um, and we're going to be talking in a second all about what your brand colours really say about your business. Um, but just in case anybody has not come across Indie Beauty TV before, my name is Rachel Whitaker and I'm the founder of Indie Beauty Delivered and also the founder of the Indie Beauty Rockstars um, mentor group, mentor programme. Um, you can find me um, obviously here on Facebook if you'll pick this up, but I'm also over on Instagram. Um, and I have um, a YouTube channel which has all the episodes, backdated episodes of Indie Beauty TV available for you to watch on. Um, if you don't have time to watch your Indie Beauty TV, it is also available as a podcast. So if you go to Anchor FM, um, you can then choose which platform, uh, sort of podcast platform you want to use it on. Um, so you can get it on there. What else can you do? You can also come and join my very, very, very special email group and you can do that through my website. So if you enjoy what we're talking about today um, and you enjoy what's happening on my social platforms, then being part of um, my very special email group is well worth your while. Um, enough about me, let's move on and get into the topic today. So as I mentioned, I'm being joined by Nancy, who's the founder of Aligned Design, which is um, uh, a studio, a design studio, which um, works um, with beauty brands because Nancy has an absolute passion, like all of us do, who work in the industry for beauty. Um, so Nancy, tell us a little bit more about you and your company and where you're based and who you're working with. Yeah, so, um, yeah, hi, I'm Nancy. Um, so Align Design Co. Um, is, is kind of me and a dream team of creative um, freelancers and um mostly we work with beauty and wellness businesses a lot of independent beauty brands because we love um we just love that passion and the creativity that, that that they bring um and i really like working with um beauty founders partly because i'm an absolute beauty addict myself like you just said um and also it's just something i've always had an affinity with so I've obviously I've been designing for over 15 years, but this is kind of my niche. Um, and we do a lot of branding work with, um, with beauty brands. So we will work with them on kind of discovering what the concept is and what their unique story is and then translating it into the visual brand. So the logo, the colors, the fonts, um, the website, the packaging and the whole kind of look and feel. So it's a really, really fun job. I feel pretty lucky that that's my job, to be honest. <laughs> I read on your website that you're a fontaholic. Yes, <laughs> I am a fontaholic. Yeah, I don't know. If you made me choose between what's my favourite between fonts and colours, I think that would be really difficult to do. But yeah, I can, I can spend hours researching fonts. I've got books about them. I've kind of been on courses about them. Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> To discover, <laughs> and I guess that's one of the things about um, working with 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 people like you know like yourself who are so into into design is that things that many of us perhaps 
perhaps we know that they're in, they, they, they are of importance, but perhaps our understanding isn't as, 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 as deep as it should be. You guys open our eyes to these sorts of things. Yeah, I think that we've kind of got like a gene that makes us tune into the visual look of something. And just wherever I go, I'm kind of like magpieing little ideas and, um, you know, hanging out in the department stores and, and looking at how they've packaged something or what typeface they've used or, yeah. like every have, you, have you been approached by anybody in a department store yet because they think you're suspicious? Oh, not yet, but I'm sure that will happen one day. I've certainly been sold to. Yeah, it's definitely turned into me buying things, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, 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 I went to uh, the new boot store in Covent Garden on the first day it opened. Oh yeah, I did too. So, yeah, I was so excited in there. I got my camera out and I was taking pictures and, and they did actually come up and ask me who I was. Did they? Yeah. They thought you were like an amazing influencer. Or well, no, I, I'm not entirely sure what they thought I was. I, I think maybe they were more suspicious about me pinching ideas. I, I, don't, I don't know. It wasn't a particularly friendly <laughs> what are you doing but luckily I, I, I was um I, I was a, I was able to say that I worked with some of the brands that were in there which was the truth um uh so, so that was okay but yeah I've become a little bit more worried about hanging out in department stores and places now <laughs> yeah I'll have to be a bit more circumspect next time have your, have your story ready <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> brilliant and so you work um, so tell us a little bit more about the areas that you help brands um, design, because there's quite a few different areas where your expertise are, are helpful. Yeah, so um, kind of every project starts with quite a lot of discovery work because um, a lot of what goes into the design comes from the story of the brand and why they're doing it in the first place and what the passion is behind it. It could be also things like the ingredients that are used. Um, if the if the company is very passionate about natural ingredients, or you know, a particular kind of skin condition, or any sort of niche um, that they fall into, is really really important for us to discover before doing any design. Because obviously, with such a crowded marketplace, it's important that you differentiate yourself from other companies so that's that's kind of one of it's a really big part of the project before any any sketches or anything is is done um so yeah we do a lot of discovery first and then spinning off from that the brand identity so um that would be kind of beginning with the mood board to um encompass that that creative direction and then going on to logos color palettes patterns photography, all of the kind of ingredients that, that build the brand identity visually and then also kind of some of the messaging stuff as well. Mm. And then once the brand identity is established, then we will go on to kind of create the website, um, the packaging, social media images, print stuff, the whole kind of thing really. We do, we do the whole thing. Um, and that, that's sort of where some of my freelance colleagues come in as well and, and do some photography work or web development or kind of specialized stuff um so it, yeah it works really well because obviously as freelancers we're able to work with people perhaps who have a lower budget than than others who you know 
if we had a, a big agency office and a you know all those overheads then we'd obviously have to charge more but I think and it's really nice to have freelancers on your team as well because they bring lots of different um perspectives and yeah. experience um and I think we're kind of doing it because we love it as well it's not just a payday is it so um yeah I feel like I've rambled there but that's pretty much what we what we cover um yeah and it's it's a very collaborative sort of way to work as well i always make sure that we work um with the client and get them involved in every stage because i want it to be a team effort not just here's your design mm. um, you know i want to make sure that it's really something that represents them and tells their story authentically yeah so you kind of uh you like work work in that collaboration with the with, with the brand and the brand team and, and you kind of translate what's in their kind of heart and their heads into something that's quite visual uh, and absolutely depicts everything that they've sort of been dreaming about I guess when they when they think about launching their brand yeah and it and it's it kind of you hit a, a point where it becomes quite intuitive um and there's a little bit of magic involved I think in that step between what like you say what's in their heart and head and then actually translating it into something real um and that's the bit where where you've got all the knowledge and you've got all the background stuff that's really important but then you have to kind of let the creative instinct take over and see where that runs mm -hmm. um, which is the really fun yeah part. oh no i think it's really really interesting and what you're saying about working with freelancers i mean that that's that's um i i have a couple of freelancers that i work with but one of the reasons I work, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, with in the indie community is because there's a there's it's a wonderful place to work. <laughs> so you meet so many wonderful people um, who are all creative and 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 are doing things because they're totally passionate about it. It just beats corporate life hands down, where there's that whole kind of like uh, turning up and doing my job. Everybody wants to be here when you work in our yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it really is. Isn't it? It's a really nice community, isn't it? It is well, because we met at Beauty Exchange this year, didn't we? When you were on on the panel, um, and that's just yeah, that's the sort of event that that, um, that I think epitomises really our industry, and that it's just full of people who are exceedingly ambitious and have great ideas and are just looking for those experts to help them to, to just sort of make those dreams come true. So good event. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Yeah, because I was already aware of you. I think before that, I was kind of like a little stalker fan on um, <laughs> on social. I was like, oh yeah, Rachel. I, she she looks like she knows. You know, she's really good at what she does. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to get into some details um, because we thought it would be really cool to look at. Uh, the power of colour, I guess, uh, and, and, and how colour kind of um, can really uh, make a difference to your brand and, and bring and bring your brand to life. So, let, I mean, let's start off by saying why, you know, why is colour one of the most important things that we should be thinking about as, as we're building our brands? And I'm listening intently at this because I am not, this is not my forte either, and I could probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> I think colour is... One, I think one of the reasons why it's so key is because colour communicates more instantly than other aspects of the brand. So 
it's almost like it has an emotional way of communicating with you that that goes deeper than the words that you're using like people don't even you're not even aware sometimes that you're being affected by colors say if you're sitting in a room that's been painted a certain color that makes you feel uplifted as opposed to kind of i don't know sitting in a room with hospital green or something that makes you feel really kind of drab and and de-energized so there's there's lots of kind of subliminal messages that you get from color Mm. and and with branding obviously that's going to make a huge difference say if it's a product on a shelf um you know the way that you use color is gonna gonna make a big difference to whether it gets noticed whether it gets picked up so it's not just about the shades that you're using it's also how you're using them um and i think yeah it's just it's it's one of the key elements obviously every part of your brand has has um, an important role to play but i think it used well color can be incredibly powerful and used badly it can kind of make a really negative impact as well i was thinking as i was kind of thinking about what i wanted to say today i was i was looking at some old 90s packaging designs for um for products and how kind of brash they were and bright and huge fonts across them and things which I guess you know that was the style at the time but now these days it just wouldn't cut it would it no no and it's really interesting because it's also because things change don't they and and also I think with colours packs we get a little stereotype so I think um I, I was in cosmetics global earlier this year and um Sam Farmer was talking about um, visual branding on uh, deodorants. Right. Uh, and, and he was talking about the fact that if you go and actually have a look at the deodorant aisle and you look at the shelves, you'll see, I mean, there's no real difference between deodorant for a girl who's 14 and deodorant for a boy who's 14. Maybe the fragrance is different, but what he was saying is the use of colour um on there as well as language was really stereotypical there was that kind of uh, that kind of pinkness versus that blackness that kind of real sort of obvious kind of um sort of almost stereotyping of colors in in that respect yeah which i thought was interesting it is interesting isn't it and i think the trend is moving away from that more now starting to certainly in in independent brands where people don't necessarily want to be labelled, and a lot of products have unisex um, formulations anyway. Mm. So I guess, um, yeah, it's much more modern way to think of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, and, and also around the sort of things of like I think sometimes um, something else I was listening to a while ago was talking about male grooming and how that needs shaking up colour-wise. And again, there's this sort of you know, stereotypical approach of black packaging and grey packaging with really bold, big writing that's very manly. Yeah. Um, and there was almost this outcry from people saying, from, from men saying, we don't want this anymore. This actually doesn't suit, this isn't the kind of way we are now. Perhaps in the 90s, it's where we were, but we're not there now. We're actually much softer and we're much more in touch with our feminine side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like people are much more open. I think men are getting much more open to looking after their skin, are they? And not 
feeling like it's you know comical to do that um yeah you just made me think now because in the bathroom here that i show with my husband my side of the room has all sorts of colors and packaging and his is just black and gray yeah he's not a big skincare guy anyway yeah what he does have yeah is mostly navy blue black and gray i'd love to see a bit more yeah 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 exactly so i guess i kind of because i was thinking around this when i was thinking about things that i was going to talk to you about and and things and that i'm wondering how much uh when when we come to you as as brand founders i wonder how much we bring one that's kind of stereotyped into us and also secondly how much do we bring of of what we would like because i guess there's this big thing about is it a colour we like or is it a colour that appeals to our ideal customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and is that, and if we're not the same? And there's those sorts of questions that come into it as well. Yeah, yeah that's a big one. Um, yeah. People ask me that a lot about where that crosses over, what you like and what your customer's going to like. And I, they're not necessarily the same thing, but they're really unlikely to be poles apart as well. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, if a client really hates orange, I'm not going to put orange in the brand. But I will challenge you and I will suggest things that you might not have thought of or kind of, yeah. I think obviously as designers, our job is to come up with things that you haven't necessarily thought of and then help you see things in different ways. Um, So... Yeah, I think what the client, what my client likes and what their taste is definitely comes into it. But then there has to be development from that mm. into the market itself and what what people are going to be attracted to in that market and, and what represents the brand um, mm. and kind of puts across those emotional messages. Mm. Those All those sorts of things come out in the discovery process. Um Mm. it does flow if you've done that work it does flow quite easily so i think one of the mistakes that people sometimes make is go oh i need to choose my brand colors and kind of go on pinterest or go crazy picking things but without having taken that step back and thought about the keywords and the values and all the messages that that they want that to it's much easier once you've done that bit of work Mm. um and uh, we, all know, we, we all know we should be doing our ideal customer a lot and working on our ideal customer and we all know that's actually one of the steps that we quite often skip through <laughs> a little bit but it's worth it because everything comes from there doesn't it and, and that's the value of using um the expertise of, of yourself really in that in that you keep people focused on the yeah. marketable side creating a brand that is going to you know appeal to the to the customer uh, and making it a little less personal. And I think sometimes as founders, we need that. <laughs> we need to really yeah. be reminded that we're not selling to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think like just the value of sitting down with something written. And and so um, I was going to mention later, so we've got a free um, mini workbook for people to download. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's really nice. It's just a few pages of questions to help you start to dig into that stuff. And I think it's really valuable to kind of print that out and sit down and, 
and think about it because you're kind of taking, taking a step away from it and somebody's giving you a little bit of homework to make you think about your business in a slightly different way and it's quite fun to do as well it's not it doesn't have to be kind of a drudge it's actually quite a fun exercise um and yeah just just from there you can start to think about um the colors and the styles that will fit with what you want and it's um it might not necessarily be the same as what your designer would come up with obviously but it's nice to have a starting point and it's nice if you are going to a designer to be able to say this is where I've got to so far yeah oh that sounds great well we'll, we'll uh, there'll be links to that um on the podcast there'll be links to that on facebook page there'll be links to that on youtube <laughs> and um, i'll remind everybody about that again when we, when we when we get to the end as well but thank you that, that's really cool um we'll, we'll talk about that again towards the end so let, let's get into um, some more detail then so when we start thinking about these colors then um what are the sorts of messages um and and moods that certain colors are are um are sort of bringing bringing to mind if you like so i wanted to show a little bit of um some examples of this because when we're talking about color it's nice to be able to have a look and yeah cool this is first for indie beauty gb we have never shared a screen before on indie beauty uh, gonna be cool <laughs> feel like i need to do a drum roll for it yeah. <laughs> yeah so this obviously this isn't one of the brands that i've designed this is her before but i think it's really nice and it's one that people quite often reference when i ask them what brands they like and um what works which is quite interesting because it's a, such a minimal pair back brand but what i love about it is how they use color and and how they it's actually the colors of the products that shine isn't it rather than mm -hmm. The branding, I mean, the branding is so clean and they were one of the first companies to really do this um, very minimal black and white look. And I think lots of companies have sort of tried to emulate it, but but there's, you come back to thinking, oh, it's, you know, it looks like herbivore. Um, and the colours of the products, they just, for me, they're so appealing. They're really fresh, but they're quite rich as well to me they, they just look like products that i want to try yeah um, but they're not they look natural as well like i think you can see that the colors have come from the natural ingredients that they've used rather than kind of being artificially made to look that way yeah. um so this is just sort of a general example of color when it's used well in a brand i think one of the one of the things that this sort of exemplifies as well is that using colour in a paired back way. So if you've got strong colours, don't then use loads of other strong colours. Kind of keep it simple. Um, certainly at the moment, the trend with branding is to keep things quite simple and quiet um, and impactful. Mm. So, yeah, I think this is a really good example of that. Um, but I also wanted to show a few other brands. So this is Afrocentrics, who um, I worked with last year. Um, and it's quite a simple colour palette. We've only really got three main colours in there. But for me, I'd be interested to see what message you get from that. But for me, 
what we were going for was quite a bold, fresh look. And it's quite citrusy as well. Mm. Um, the ingredients in the hair products are quite citrus-based, so they, they smell yeah. the scent of the products. Um, lemony, orangey. So that's one of the things that we wanted to hint at, because I think the, like the relationship between colour and smell is that sort of slightly... Um, synesthetic relationship isn't it yeah so see something that's green you might think oh it's apple or lime or something like that mm. so not to use color that's going to jar with with that kind of thing and it's nice to hint at it um so yeah we've got a bright orange for the for the um text and a yellow which we kind of softened on the packaging and then this sort of charcoal black so it's very simple actually with those three colours, but I think it works um, to kind of. I don't yeah. know, right? what it do you, what's it your. Does feel, it does feel citrusy. Yeah. Um, even the swirl, uh, the, the sort of, um, the actual sort of the orangey swirl on it makes me think of, 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 of sort of orange and citrus and peel and the vibrancy and the smell of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good uh, contrast with the herbivore there. Um, yeah. And that this is a it is busier than the herbivore, um, but it shows how you can how that gives uh, gives you know the different message. Yeah, yeah, and it, yes, like you say, it is busier, um, and it's got a balance to it as well. So yeah. I think if we'd, I like minimal color. Just yeah, three, three colours as well um, yeah. is, is, is really, really cool. And, and, and that obviously makes it easier when you begin to translate things over onto social and images and graphics. And That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, with colour, yeah, that's really good to have that key palette so that you can keep reusing them. And you can use yeah. tints of the colours. So you might want to use like a softer orange as a background and that kind of thing, but just keeping to those. Um it's rare, really, that I would only do three colours. Normally, there's at least five, but for this, it, it just worked. Um, yeah. Not, and it also gives scope to expand. So, if they they if they wanted to kind of add another range, they could add another colour into that palette that would mm. kind of fit. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's that. Yeah. So it's like using, so this one particularly is using colour to pick up on um, some of the ingredients that are inside these products then. Yeah, and also their original branding, because this was a rebrand project, so they, they did have um, another look initially when they launched, which was a white bottle um, and the text was in orange. Mm. So it's also carrying through that so as not to completely alienate their their existing customers but yeah. to kind of modern, modernize it and make it um appealing to a new kind of sector as well yeah and that can be quite a nice way to use color if you're doing a rebrand you don't have to use the same shade but just pulling through a thread of what was in the original branding can be quite a nice thing to do yeah um yeah definitely and then it's interesting with the bottles actually because originally we conceived of it on a white bottle and they did a poll on their social asking um, their followers whether a white bottle or a brown bottle was best and it was over it was like 
people said they wanted the brown. So that was quite interesting, actually, because that wasn't something we originally thought of. And then it is interesting, isn't it? And I, it's something that I think more brands should do when you've got a nice following and 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 people are uh, your followers are sort of actively invested in your brand and engaged in your brand is ask them questions because they are the people that you want to sell to yeah. um, and they're the, they are the best feedback that you can get and with instagram stories and the, and the polls that you can do on those now and the facebook polls um they're really useful to do and it gives your customers a voice and they feel valued by doing it by being able yeah. to anyway but just to know that you chose the bottle the, the bottle color that they liked best it, it is good because you would have you know you could have gone with the wise and actually they would have they preferred the brown so it's just that insider information isn't it and it's once you've got a following on social use them to do this kind of thing because yeah it's amazing yeah and it helps people feel like you say part of the story and yeah. also helps if you're worried about changing your look that people are going to feel left behind you know yeah. kind of um oh i don't recognize it so it helps to bring them through and along with with your news um kind of journey which is really nice yeah and that kind of behind the scenes stuff does really well for, for, yeah. for social as well and like you say if you are rebranding you're almost taking them on that journey so nothing is going to shock them <laughs> when yeah. you suddenly when you suddenly reveal the new brand they're going to be really excited because they've been part of that yeah exactly um, no that's great no i like that one that's good so i'm going to show a really different one now which is um it's a product that hasn't launched yet but i did have permission from the founder to share this visual because i wanted to show something complete with a completely different feel color wise um so this is um Florette botanics and it's you can see it's just a completely different vibe to Afrocentric. Yeah. Um, this is skincare range and it's very natural, but it's also quite luxurious and indulgent as well. So obviously there are, it's not just the colour that puts that across, it's kind of the, the containers yeah. and it's quite refined and things like that. But I think the colour really does if you look at how soft they are mm. and how um, muted and how the, the colour can kind of give that, that softness and that mm. kind of indulgent feel, it's almost like they've got a texture to them um, that hints at the texture of the product, whereas, yeah. you know, it's, it's much more subtle. And I, I, I feel like I could wrap myself up in that at the moment. Yeah. Like, like it's a great big... Um, like it's a great big soft bed with a massive soft duvet on and at the moment I just feel like I could dive into those colours that's how that makes me feel well that's good yeah that shows yeah I like that reaction that's good it's a soft bed yeah but I'm actually thinking I could steal that entire colour palette for my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's interesting you say that actually because this is what I would, I mean, I'm not going to go into the kind of whole seasonal colour palette thing because that was a whole huge area, but briefly, you can sort of divide colour palettes by season. And ah. this one would be um, a summer palette, which is delicate and muted um, tones. They're quite, that's just sort of like the feel of summer. 
Um, and I always associate those with sort of Farron ball paints. Yeah. They, they look quite similar in tone to, to that kind of the Farron ball paint charts. And I even, I mean, sometimes I use those paint charts as inspiration just to get, um, yeah, so there you go. You can take that to Farron ball and get your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it, and it, I mean, yes, and, and the colours work. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the colours there work really, really well, don't they? Then that's just it, that it, it's just beautiful as well, and it feel, it does feel luxury, and it does make you want to go out and have that on your uh, sort of bathroom. It's the mm. kind of thing I'd want to have on the side of my bath rather than hidden away in my bathroom cabinet because it's just so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's not one to put away, is it? It's one to have on display. Yeah, that's one I want people to see that I've got, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't want hiding away. No, um, absolutely. But yeah, it's really interesting. That's three very different looks, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And um, what was I going to say about this one? I think, obviously, there are more colours in the palette, but one of the key things is that they're all tonally they're cohesive so if, if we're going back to afrocentrics mm. if i plonk that yellow in amongst those it yeah. would just be the whole lot wouldn't it yeah so it's about if you're thinking about colors it's about choosing them from a palette that that all tones in well together and thinking about that as well mm. um and if you love say green um choosing a green that then fits with the other colours that you've got. Um, so that's one of those really, it's a balance, um, it's quite a fine balance to really get that right. But when you do, you kind of like, you get that ah oh, feeling because it just, yeah. it fits and it looks. Um, yeah. And that's the exact feeling sort of I got when you put this final slide up. It was like, oh yeah. That all of that just goes, yeah, that's beautiful, down to the sort of the the, the colour of the um bottle for the face mask is yeah. it, it is beautiful. Everything just just comes together and, and that, that is luxury. So across the three the three slides then, can't get my words out. We've seen herbivore at the beginning, which is kind of using their colours to show to have a very fresh feel. Yeah. Um yeah a really fresh kind of almost lively it makes it that that one kind of makes me feel like i need to go out and dance oh yeah i get that mm. it has that really fresh liveliness about it it makes me think of spritzing my face that kind of thing it's got yeah. that real um and the interesting thing about there is they've actually taken their color into their product rather than actually onto their sort of bottles or labels yeah um which is which is different mm. and then we've got the middle one that's picking up um which afro afrocentrics which is picking yeah. up color that's aligning with ingredients mm. um inside it but also bringing colors off colors through from a previous brand yeah that, that to keep it and then the final one which is the, the luxury end there yes and that um there is one more actually but this is oh, cool. again, this is another um oh, okay. example, obviously not one of mine um but it's i just loved this because like, i had a look on their website and i loved the way they'd 
just gone with really, really bright colours. Um, I just think it works really well. And it's an interesting way to use the colour as well because the products themselves, well, I guess the top set of products has the bright colour on it mm. um, as a block, but the others are a lot more paired back. So the colours, the orange and the blue, mm. is used for the text, but it's not used in a great big block. But then they've used the colour on the website to really differentiate between those three ranges. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, this one is like, uh, this is uh, sort of I'm not, I'm not going to say a slightly older demographic. That's not what I mean. But it, but it's more. Um, this is more. I'm thinking business people immediately. I'm thinking busy women. Busy women. Yeah. Uh, sort of there, there, there's an efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely efficiency yeah. and and uh, and uh, you know and and a complete solution kind of feeling coming off there. Yes, um, and I love the way that they are using colours to differentiate between the different lines, like you were saying, the different ranges that they offer. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's quite good. Like, there's a there's a brand, um, Yes Two, who do face masks and uh, and, thing, and, and um, skincare products, and they do something similar. Um, their their colours help uh, to delineate which area of their brand or you know, which sort of area of the brand and, and the products that you're sitting in, whether it's the tomatoes range or the uh, unicorn range or whatever. Yeah. And they've done something really similar, and I like that. I think that's a clever way of helping your customers to navigate yeah. through your product range. It's super clever, isn't it? Because yeah. you almost don't realise that you're being navigated. Yeah. By that colour system, it's like traffic lights or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I think that's really, really great. And it ha like you say, that has a completely different feel again to the to the previous three. That's yeah. very good. It's super bright, isn't it? And yeah, but not in a clashy way because again, though they're, they're each colour is equally bright, so mm. they haven't diluted it by using kind of anything mm. soft. And I think if you're going to go for proper pops of colour like that you need lots of white as mm. well um, because otherwise it's just going to get a bit too headache inducing huh. yeah. So, um, yeah so that was the last example really I mean obviously like I say I'm constantly getting inspired by other brands and and how they do things um, mm. and I think um, yeah Kate Somerville's a really nice it's just a really nice brand anyway, but I thought this was quite a surprising thing route for them because I always associate them with being quite clinical looking. Mm. Yeah. I think that still comes through on there. I feel that I feel that that does come come through. I, I just like, yeah, but it's in, it, it's a it, it's for a busy per, you know a busy person and it helps them navigate it and they get a good range of things and it's a complete sort of solution. It looks it looks great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and I guess what you were just saying about you um, are constantly inspired by and and uh, and get ideas from from what other brands um you know what brands are doing and, and our founders who listen to IBTV can be doing exactly the same, can't they? There, there's always opportunities to be uh, looking for ideas, and not simply in the beauty space. You can quite happily go and look in what other outside of the beauty space what yeah. brands are doing and, and pick up ideas and get to sort of inspired from that. Absolutely. And I think, um, so yesterday I was actually doing some design work for a whiskey company. And um, I find that really interesting because the 
the food and drink space does have quite a lot of inspiring stuff for beauty even though it's it's different it has a different character and different kind of purpose but there's a lot of creative design out there for particularly things like craft beer and like the niche um food and drink brands so yeah you can definitely get inspired all over the place yeah well that's good so yeah that was really clear that gave us a really good idea of how color can really make a difference to the way we perceive a brand and how we feel about how we feel about the um the brand so how do we so we know we know it's important and we know we can use it to create that kind of feeling around our brand we've learned there that we can use it to help people navigate through our ranges if we've got multiple ranges um so how how do we go about best deciding the colors that, that would suit us yeah so kind of going back to what i was saying before about the brand story and the discovery stuff i always say start with that so um yeah if people want to have a look at the, the workbook um that we're going to talk about in a while i think that's a really good starting point um start thinking about the questions about your customer um about what your passions are and what your why is and then thinking about some of the key there's a whole list of keywords in there that you can kind of circle if they resonate with you um and that is a really useful exercise to do because say you choose the words edgy modern clinical and clean you're going to then be directed kind of intuitively to a different palette to say words were warm um welcoming and i don't know soft something like that so so getting that knowledge under your belt first um and then i always say kind of get get inspired and and don't overthink it so just start getting kind of some inspiration materials if you like pinterest just pin loads of color palettes and things like that Mm. Um, anything that you see around you that you think oh i really love the way they've used that color um magazines and things like that just tearing things out and really yeah not overthinking it at that stage because i think it's easy to get a bit too analytical and then um you know you lose your that inspiration um there's a couple of kind of books that i really like that i was going to recommend this is um brand brilliance can you see that yes i can okay i'm writing these down because i will put links yeah Um, so let me write these down brand brilliance yeah and it's fiona humberstone okay who's a really clever lady about color and um i mentioned about the seasonal color palettes earlier there's lots of really good info about that um in this book and she has another book called how to style your brand as well but this is the most recent one so that's really nice one to start with if you're a real geek about it and like me and you want to kind of learn about colours and their history. This is a lovely book. It's called The Secret Lives of Colour by Cassia St. Clair. Um, and it's just really lovely kind of book to dip into and it's got loads of different um, colour kind of schemes in it and, and the stories behind where a certain shade came from. Um, so that's just a really nice inspo one really. Um, so those are some kind of book resources. There's also a website called colorlovers.com, which is, um, it's not 
the nicest website in the sense it's quite noisy with ads and things but if you can look past that it's really nice for um palettes so you can put in a keyword anything like sunset or something um and then there's just loads of color palettes will pop up that people have put on there oh wow oh i like the sound of that yeah it's lovely actually you can vote for your favorites and just it's nice to get inspired and then it, it gives you as well the little hex code for each colour, so if you want to then use that and try and play with it, that's a nice one as well. Yeah, because that's kind of a good way of finding colours that perhaps you'd never have thought of, because I mean, there, there are millions, aren't there, different, different variations. Yeah. So by putting a keyword in, you can access a whole load of inspiration and ideas that you probably wouldn't have had. Just Yeah. I like that. That sounds amazing for home decoration as well. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Anything to do with colour. Might go down a bit of a rabbit hole though. Yeah. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're brilliant. Well, I will. I'll link to all of those. So, um, so you'll be able to you'll be able to find links to those below and uh, below the um podcast and the, the broadcast on that. So they're really really good ideas of how you can sort of go about choosing. Yeah, and I think as well, um, you know, there's lots of of good stuff you can do yourself research wise I think when it comes to refining the palette and really getting a set of colors that that work and that really I think a designer's eye is really useful to have for that stage I mean I think definitely kind of doing your own background stuff is helpful but you might and also a designer can then help you translate those colors because obviously what you see on screen you need needs to match what you have in print and there's all kind of stuff that you need to do technically to make sure mm. they all match up mm. um, so and pantone books are really good as well if you can get hold of a pantone book they are quite expensive to buy new but you can get them on ebay sometimes um and they're really nice to play with and kind of tear out um, colours and yeah I was going to say I'll just go to the library and look at them but don't tear out there <laughs> <laughs> no when I say a book I mean like they're like they have these strips of um, yeah. chips and you can just tear them out and, and yeah play with them that way that's I mean yeah if well, you really want to get about it sort of when we're thinking about the colours then is it worth also just having a really clear vision of where um, we're going to go as brands. So, um, I mean, the example that we just saw was just quite interesting in, in that there are there were different ranges within the, the one brand. And the S2 example, there are different uh, categories within, within the one brand. So is it worth sort of having, uh, presenting that kind of vision at the same time? Because that could add you know real color in, in, you could use color to help with those sorts of things yeah for, for sure and sometimes yeah sometimes clients do come to us with that vision in mind that they have a certain number of ranges or they want to decode different products that have different um mm. properties and it's useful to know that so that when i'm pulling together the palette i can think about how to differentiate those i mean ideally you're going to have a good range anyway but um yeah it's definitely useful to have that information in mind um just what yeah what the purpose of the color is going to be um and obviously 
nothing is fixed so you can add colors as you go along um, as long as they they tone in well mm. um but i i try to make sure each palette has enough colors in it so that there's enough for um you know different purposes over time and I mean, but every every aspect of the brand evolves over time. Yeah. Um, in any case, so yeah, it's one of those things that's a kind of a living entity, isn't it? It doesn't. Mm. It's not. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It's always it's always changing. I always tell guys in the Rockstars program to go back and look at their, for example, ideal customer at least once a year because you can guarantee it's changed. Yeah. Um, your experience and the way that you develop and the way that your brand develops will always mean that you've got to go back. Um, yeah. And I'm just about to relaunch Rockstars. I've done that exact exercise. I've gone back to my ideal customer and looked at her, and it's different to, the, to this time last year. So everything yeah. does evolve quite, quite a lot, and it's always worth remembering that I think because it's it's sometimes people can feel like oh I've just just got it right and now I don't you know I want to move on but it's just part of the process and that's the exciting thing isn't it about having having a brand that it's kind of constantly morphing yeah and it shows you're making progress I guess as well doesn't it yeah yeah and getting feedback from your customers all the time which always helps like we were yeah. saying with the the girls who put it through their social to say what kind of bottle you know that yeah. kind of stuff is really amazing because it helps you to really tune in in more depth to, yes. to your customer because it's their you know it's their their take on things so as much of those questions you can ask i think is so useful when you're doing things like this yeah yeah i agree oh man that's absolutely excellent i could probably talk about color <laughs> for absolutely ages and yeah. it makes me want to rush back and have a look at all the stuff that i do and and um, because i never really give it gave it that much thought which is just goes to show that probably a lot of us do that but it's so it's such a powerful thing so it is quite a powerful tool um and in a day and age where our brands have to be very very visual mm. whether we're on a retailer shelves or whether we are, you know, going to be a business to consumer and e-commerce only, and, and, and with social, it's all so visual. Um, yeah. That it's, it's, it's so important to get right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I think um, it's one of my favourite topics as well. I think, yeah, I, I was working with a client yesterday who said that he was colourblind, and I thought, gosh, I just it was just really difficult to think. I didn't know if he was seeing what I was seeing. and. Yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah it's really it's definitely one of my favorite areas to work on and i love doing the color palette for a brand it's just such an exciting um an exciting part of it because it's just that's what pulls it all together isn't it yeah colors. yeah yeah it is it absolutely is it absolutely is so tell us where we can find you, Nancy. Where are you hanging out so we can come and follow you? So my brand new website is literally just launched last week um, at uh, aligned-design.co. I will link to that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then on social, I am at Aligned Design Co. So you can find mostly hanging out on Instagram um, and yeah, at Align Design Co on there. So those are my kind of major channels. Excellent. And then tell us all again, because Nancy has really kindly um, pulled together um, a 
free um, download, the free booklet for you guys to help you um, start to work on um, your colours, whether you're starting your brand, whether you're rebranding, whether you just want to do it, see whether you got it right. Um, Nancy pulled together a really wonderful um, booklet. So tell us um, where we should, where, all about that. Yep, so um, it's really easy to get hold of. You can just go to my website, which is aligned-design.co, and if you scroll down, there's a sign-up box for um, the email newsletter, and you, if you just pop your email in there and confirm, then you will get your workbook pinged into your inbox, um, and you can work on it on screen, or I would always print it out because I like to work some, on something kind of with a pen and paper, but... Um, I think it'll be really useful. It's just a nice little exercise to do, um, not just for colour, but just for your whole brand look and feel. And uh, like you say, I would revisit it every year as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it has to be part of that. I always say that every brand founder should do a business boot camp every year. And into that comes uh, like a look at, I always do, I always pack John off for a weekend, so I have a weekend to myself. And that we should always go back and look at our ideal customer and our mission statements, manifestos, values, colours, just everything. And really just refresh and make sure um, we're cool with them. But also because it's so motivating. It reminds you on those days when you're feeling like, eh, why am I doing this? You're like, yeah, I love my job. This is why I do it. This is the passion behind it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, business boot camp, put your colours in there as well, for sure. Um, I'm going to print off your, go and get your free download because uh, I want to do a little bit more more work on that. Um, but I will link directly to that as well, guys. So you just need to scroll down and find these links below. Um, and then obviously um, I'll put uh, Nancy's social links as well. So you can just click straight through um, because we all need a little bit of a fontaholic in our lives, I think. <laughs> well, somebody's got to be one, haven't they? <laughs> yeah I love that I love just love that idea that you spend I just have visions of you just spending your evenings just looking through sort of magazines and, and books and sniffing out fonts and you have this massive scrapbook of these things or something yeah that's pretty close actually Rachel yeah oh that's awesome oh thank you very very much for joining us I thank suspect Nancy, that we might do a few more because there are a lot of different topics that we could be yeah, talking about to. on the design side. So if anybody has questions on design, pop them in the comments below and, or let me know, DM me or Nancy, because we'll probably do something again together because that's been absolutely fab and um, I think we're only scratching the surface really with the, with the colours. Yeah. Um, but thank you very thank much you for joining me. us. Thank you to everybody who is watching this as well or listening to this. Um, it's been another episode of Indie Beauty TV and they always go live every Thursday on my Facebook and over on Anchor FM. So I will see you all soon. Bye for now, everybody. Loads of indie hugs and love. Bye. Bye. The Indie Beauty Delivers community is a place for beautypreneurs across the globe to network, learn and share. You're invited to join in on Facebook, Instagram, and sign up to Rachel's special email group to receive weekly blogs packed full of expert tips. Visit IndieBeautyDelivers.com to sign up.